Good morning, May River High School. It is the Friday before Labor Day weekend, the eve of the huge slate of college football games. It's got to be one of the most favorite weekends of sports fans across the country. Most of us get a three-day weekend to relax and enjoy. Again, we got a ton of football games tomorrow on Saturday. Even got one on Sunday and Monday night. Our local Clemson Tigers finish this sports weekend playing Georgia Tech on Monday night. We'll get to college pick them. Big slate of games for you later. But first, I want to welcome Shark Nation to our third installment of Shark Radio this year. The horrendous weather continues to put a damper on the athletic programs across the low country, and May River is no different. Swim got their second consecutive meet canceled due to lightning at Hilton Head last night. Girls Tennis has had about three total practices this season total. Girls Golf got their region match canceled last night. Cross Country got a meet canceled last Friday, and football has practiced about only twice this week. And of course, it's September, so we have our three storms brewing in the Atlantic, so hopefully those stay off of our coast. But with all that said, we do have a few updates for you this week. If you recall from last week's podcast, our girls golf team traveled to Myrtle Beach and competed against some of the best schools in the state. Unfortunately, we had to take it did not finish for one of our girls. So although the team didn't score great, sophomore Claire Green finished in the top 10, which is a great honor against such high competition. But not to be worried, the girls will be back to full strength here shortly. Even down one girl, they cruised to victory over Bluffton, Hilton Head, and Lucy Beckham on Tuesday. Claire Green finished tied for first with a 39, and Robbins the Trower shot a 42. Hopefully the rain holds off and they can get back to action next week after missing Thursday's region match as well. Our girls volleyball team continued their winning ways last night with a straight set victory over cross schools. JV got off to a slow start trailing nine to three, but shook off first home match jitters and also cruised to a straight sets victory. Reagan Reagan Evans led the varsity all night from the setter position distributing the ball beautifully to our hitters in the right locations. Emma Poplava was good on defense all night as usual, and Lauren Swanson roamed the middle of the net. And, of course, our number one offensive threat, Jocelyn Roper, hammered home the ball from the outside. Cross had nothing to stop either of those two at the net, and the Sharks cruised to a straight sets victory, improving their record to 4-0. Although there was only two events this week, we do have a jam-packed schedule next week including tonight, so long as the rain holds off. Cross Country will travel to Burton Wells Parks and Rec for their makeup of that meet that got canceled last Friday. So good luck to Cross Country, hopefully tonight. Also, Girls Golf will travel to the Palmetto Preview and play at Trace's Golf Course on Tuesday. Wednesday, our girls' tennis team gets their season started or kicked off. They will play home against Hilton Head Christian at 4.30. Maybe we should call them Bluffton Christian since they reside here in Bluffton. That's neither here nor there. And fi- and on Thursday, the girls' tennis team will travel to James Island to start their region play. So back-to-back nights, our girls' tennis will be in action. They'll play both of those matches at 4.30. Also Thursday, JV football will host Ridgeland-Hardyville. Kickoff will be here in the tank at 6.30 p.m. Also Thursday... We have a swim meet, hopefully a swim meet, the first swim meet of the year. This was the makeup for a couple weeks ago at Beaufort that got canceled. So the swimmers will try to swim once again for the third time this year at Beaufort. And finally, our last event Thursday, boys volleyball kicks up, starts their inaugural season. 
They will they will host Battery Creek at 6.30 p.m. So come out and support our boys' volleyball team in their inaug- inaugural season. And on Friday, we finish the week up. Boys, volleyball will, will pl- boys volleyball will play again against Royal Live Oaks at 6.30 on Friday. And football will travel to Ridgeland-Hardyville coming off their bye week to try to get off the snide and find their first win of the year. All right, with that said, that's all our updates and events for next week. We'll return next week. We'll have a hopefully a player interview looking at uh, possibly Reagan Evans from the volleyball team. Um, but we will, hear, we will hear a word from our sponsor, and we will get back with College Pick'em. It's a big one this It's a big one this week. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. All right, welcome back to Shark Radio. It's that time in the podcast again. It's college pick'em. And this time it's real college pick'em. Let's go. This is being recorded on Thursday, so we don't have our... We don't have our um, records quite yet, but I think we both, or all three of us, were two and one last weekend's games. Uh, obviously, we're recording on Thursday. We have some games Thursday evening that we all picked. Um, Nebraska, obviously, I think was, was our losing team. I think the Husker fans have officially put the bag over the head already. The paper bag is over the head. Um, tough start for the Huskers. They were better, and they just <laughs> couldn't win. But also, anyway, once I kick, we got a full slate. Full slate. We got obviously tonight, Thursday. If you're listening to this Friday, you know last night and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we finished um, Monday night with uh, Captain Clemson, Owls, the Tigers versus the <laughs> Georgia Tech. So five straight days of good football. We got where we we got ten games for us. We're gonna book in. Yeah. We're gonna book in our pickings with the two best games of the weekend by far. We're gonna start with the Ducks traveling. I believe it's to Atlanta. To play the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is minus 17 and a half. Coach Whitmore, we are going to get it started with you today. What, what a what a great day and awesome slate of games for the true start of college football. Hey pal, do you remember where you were on this day, this exact day, 15 years ago? I sure do. Okay. Or at least where I was. Yeah, I was at a good friend's house. I no, I don't. I was at a good friend's house. Sometimes I think he's an avid podcast listener. Okay, uh, but maybe a potential future sponsor may or may not own a business Mark called Mark of Excellence. He, he, Mark is Mark is in route to the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I and saw I, him when I went home for lunch. He is getting on the plane. He's heading there as we speak. I had tickets and had but to I give actually them up. worked for Mike Riker. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Just so y'all. Yeah. yeah. Mark Anyways, in 2007, I was at Mark Riker's house. When the mighty Appalachian State Mountaineers went into the big house and shocked the world and beat the skunk weasels in one of the greatest upsets of college football history. It's a day that will live in infamy for all Buckeyes fans. And what a heck of a day to start off our new season. Oh, man. But this game here, I know that's what you're concerned about. Uh, A couple interesting tidbits. Um, Oregon may be a little more familiar with uh, Georgia than you would normally think. The Ducks have a new head coach, former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. Okay, obviously he'll be familiar with their personnel and their scheme, but being familiar with and being successful against are are two big uh, differences there. Um, Another interesting tidbit uh, for Quacky, their new quarterback is Bo Nix. 
got some SEC uh, time there at, at <laughs> Auburn, and he is reunited with his uh, offensive coordinator from his most successful season at Auburn. That was his freshman season. Can they rekindle some of that magic? You know, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, one of the strengths for the Ducks should be their offensive line. Georgia obviously replaces a ton on defense, lost a lot of guys in the NFL, but they've recruited like crazy. They mm -hmm. just simply reload. Um, but they also expect their offense to be maybe a little more explosive this year. I think both teams will be ready to go. Um, something tells me Oregon does enough to hang around. I think Georgia wins it comfortably, but I think Quacky finds a way to stick around and get the cover by just the hook. I got Georgia 37, Oregon 20. Man, that's a lot of good stats, and I actually do remember – where I was at on that day, I was in Florence, South Carolina. When oh. that happened, I was watching it live. Uh, they blocked it, and everybody yeah. was absolutely get crazy. out, get out, get, yeah. stop running with the ball. <laughs> He's just, just going in oh, the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, no, no, he got tackled <laughs> from behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, he ran way too far. All he had to do was take it. Correct, but yeah, I didn't remember where I was, <laughs> was on cool. that that day. Um, glad you brought that back. Yeah, um, I think that was actually my first year teaching. So awesome. uh, there we go. Special day. All right, so. Um, <laughs> Back to that, like Coach Whitmore alluded to, their defense coordinator is now the head coach, maybe familiar with the Georgia Bulldog players. I'm going to say he is not going to be familiar with the Bulldog players because every single person on their defense <laughs> is currently playing in the NFL. Um, we do have uh, Coach Bigham, which is our PE teacher. Yeah. His yeah. nephew is one of their best players, uh, returning players. Stud. He is a man. Um, plays the defensive end spot, kind of an outside linebacker hybrid role. He is a really, really good player. Um Georgia graduated everybody. Um, I think sometimes at the end of the year, I think Georgia's a little overrated on offense. Um, I'm still, you know, the quarterback, Stetson Bennett, uh, our AD's son, actually, I think went to a camp with him and took a picture. And our, our AD's son, Tanner Macy, was actually taller than their quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned with that being an issue. I, I still not sold that he can actually go out and win them a football game. Um, 17 and a half against two, you know, rough outside the top 10 programs with a lot of graduation. It's a lot. They are coming all the way to. Uh, Atlanta, but I, I'm going to have to go unfortunately with Coach Whitmore here as well uh, with the extra hook. I think Oregon Oregon Ducks get the cover. Ooh, good picks, good picks. I'll tell you where I was at that day, 15 years ago. Coach Whitmore, we're at a beach house up in Charleston with all my high school friends watching college football, and Notre Dame <coughs> proceeded to lose to Georgia Tech like 37 to three. One of my friends, Weiss, big Michigan fan, you know, proceeded to rub it in my face. Well, karma bit her in the backside. A couple <laughs> hours later, is App State. Beat Michigan, and it was, you know, misery loves company. Thank but anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm with the panel here. Obviously, Georgia's the better team. They're going to win comfortably. I just think 70, 17 and a half is awful lot to a solid program. Um, I'm going to take Ducks plus 17 and a half. All right, another big game. I think this is at 330 as well, as long as Oregon and Georgia. But Cincinnati travels to Pig Suey, Arkansas. Is it in Arkansas or is it in Dallas? I think it's in Arkansas. Okay, they're traveling the Pig Suey, Arkansas, SEC, minus six. Cincinnati graduated a lot. Obviously very good last year. Well, coach, are going to be good again. But they did lose a lot to the NFL. Coach Powell, you're up first. What do you like? Uh, I like Arkansas a lot with the return. You know, I think a lot of when we talk about returning players, I think um, you talk about Arkansas's quarterback. He's a really, really good player. He can run. He can throw a little bit. And the biggest issue about who's not returning would be for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati – Obviously, you know, they had a run undefeated and got beat, you know, pretty soundly uh, against Alabama, which most people do up until last year. Um, had some good wins, but, again, their, their conference schedule, as we talk about SEC and all those teams, Arkansas won a good deal of football games. They actually lost to Alabama only by seven late in the year. Um, they ended the year with a really good win against that Big Ten team, Penn State, finished off their season last year. 
Um, Cincinnati, a couple draft picks on defense. You could argue the two best corners in the country on one football team graduated. But I think their really leader um, in their quarterback is off. I think he plays for the Falcons now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. Um, therefore, he's gone. Uh, the head coach there, obviously, I think he's a Buckeye. Yes. I'm sure we're going to hear about that. Um, but we may hear about that later. May. Um, I just – I think Cincinnati is good. They're solid. But inside of touchdown, I think Arkansas is a better, so I'm going to take Razorbacks. Yeah, Bearcats, they mm-hmm. had a huge year last year. Um, you know, we're talking about what they lost, but how about what they retained? Everyone thought there's no chance <laughs> Luke Fickle comes back, and, and here he is still there in Cincinnati. Um, they lost their quarterback. Everybody talks about that. Uh, a little less, you know, very good players, but a little less uh, hoopla about them is, is their top receiver and their top running back. Actually, the Browns drafted him. He was sensational last year. Uh, yeah, right. Um, Arkansas, high expectations. They lost a really good first-round receiver. Um, but Sam Pittman for the Hogs has done a great job. Um, he, that's someone we've spoken very highly of over the last couple seasons here on the podcast. I think Cincinnati's good again. I just think that Arkansas will have too much um, with this game being under a touchdown, just like you said, pal. I, I think it's – I'm, I'm going to go with the Hogs. I think John Daly, Jerry Jones, and even old Pat Summerall, uh, he's an old football player, an announcer. Um, he's, he's an Arkansas alumnus, and he'll be smiling <laughs> down from the heavens and, whoo, pig suey gets the cover. Yeah, I like, I like Arkansas's power here. They can run right at him, um, big physical quarterback. Inside a touchdown, like Coach Powell said, I'm going to take the Razorbacks minus six. All right, last game of the weekend will be Monday night. I think it's six or what, eight maybe? Yeah, it's late. 8 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, Clemson and Georgia Tech. Is, it, is the game at Georgia Tech? Yes, sir. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, Whitmore, oh. Captain yeah. Captain Clemson, what, what are we looking at? Oh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> what a, a terrible game to finish off a great Opening weekend of college football, I, I guess I'll take Clemson because Powell told me that Clemson's defense would outscore Tech's offense, forty-five to nine. What's the line? Oh, nine, 22. 20, 22. Yeah, yeah. Forty-five nine. Tigers roll. Next. Well, I think they usually save the best for last, and that's how it goes. Um, so we'll cap off the college football season. One of the premier teams in the country, your Clemson Tigers. However, last year they lost three games. Everybody panicked as if. South Carolina did better than them. They won six games. We won ten. I don't understand how that works, but I, I think there is six a stat South here. Carolina might as well be thirty. That, that yeah. is correct. Very, yeah. very good point, Coach Macy. It's all relative. All relative. <laughs> but I think I did read a stat. I want to say that Clemson has the second longest winning streak in the country currently, right now. I do. And, I, and, and, I and do. A, lot, a lot of people don't know about that. Six. Oh, they, they lost three games. That's correct. Six, it yeah. is, and they absolutely started hammering folk at the end of the year. Um, their quarterback, again, I've talked about it, about big the weight loss. Big fan of quarterback. <laughs> I, I really liked him, okay? But everybody kept comparing him to what we've had. And you could argue that, you know, the last two quarterbacks that Clemson has had has been as good as anybody in the country. Um, and they kept talking about him. And I, I'm not really a big fan of, what you know, talking about how good they're going to be, good they're going to be. But I hope he can throw the football. Now, Georgia Tech has been bad. They, they, they're rambling. It's a train wreck. It ain't no rambling wreck. It is a train wreck. Yep. They're in a bad spot. They're in a bad spot, as our boy <laughs> Coach Dyer would say. Um, head coach brought all the weights out beginning of the year last year. We lifted weights before the game, and that backfired. Um, their last two games of the season last year, they got to be 45-0 to and 55-0. to zero. Georgia oh, Tech is bad, man. That's 100. That is that is a hundo to nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, against That was against Georgia, and it was against Notre Dame, and they were two of the better teams in the country. But, man, I, 
unless they got a lot of transfer portal that I don't know about, um, Clemson's defense, front seven, uh, I think there is top five in the country. I think the Georgia Tech's going to have a tough time getting a footing. I am going to suggest that Clemson defense does outscore the Georgia Tech offense. And Georgia, 21 is a lot in conference play, but I do get the Tigers win by 28. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Clemson too. Georgia Tech really bad, end of the year really bad in Clemson. Like Powell said, they do have a six-game win streak. They did play better. They were struggling at the beginning of the year. Actually won a close game somewhere in the middle. I think really kind of saved their season. I can't remember who it was against. But, yeah, I'm taking Clemson. Easy win, maybe by 35, something like 42-7 to or 49-14. All right, next, FSU and LSU. Florida State got a win. First, I think this is their first opening game win in six years. Just crazy for Florida State. That is wow. crazy. Weird. That is so They traveled Baton Rouge. Okay, playing LSU, new head coach, Brian Kelly, minus three for the Tigers, the Bayou Tigers. Coach Powell, you're first. What do you got? I would be curious to know when's the last time these two teams have played each other and neither team was ranked in the top 25. Uh, I, that's I'm willing to bet that's probably 30 years. I'm sure Whitmore has it down in his 1974, you know, nope. uh, whatever. But anyways, he'll, he'll give you those irrelevant stats here in just a minute, I'm sure. But um, – LSU, I think IMG Academy has more scholarship players on their team than LSU does, so I'm not mistaken. A lot of people transfer, whatever the case may be. Um, people are leaving the program, but I know I've said on this podcast before, I think Brian Kelly is a top-five college football coach in the country. I have said that. Notre Dame a couple years ago wanted somebody else, and I'm not sure there will be anybody better than him. Um, uh, you know, He started off kind of rough with his accent, trying to act like he was from Louisiana. That kind of backfired on him. Not sure how that's going to work out for them. I think Florida State is playing better. They have a little confidence um, in them. Uh, I think LSU, I think Florida State gets the outright win, and I'm going to go with the Seminoles. All right, you want an irrelevant stat. Here we go. I'll give you one that 55% of the time works every time. 55%? Yep. I read a stat that said teams who are playing their second game of the year that are playing teams that are playing their first game of the year, okay, which is Florida State played last week, LSU playing their first game. I can't even pronounce the name of the team they played last week. Can anybody fill us in? Florida State? Yeah. Played, Don't remember. Uh, it starts with a D. Duquesne? Oh, Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah, the Duke. Correct. The okay, okay. Exactly. Well, back to the stats, okay. <laughs> 55% of the time, the team playing their second game fails to cover the spread. I know you're a big numbers guy, pal. So that says <laughs> that says Not that, spelling. that I'm a number. LSU is supposed to win. Brian Kelly comes to town. They're not supposed to be very good. They're down some guys. But that stat tells me all I need to hear, LSU covers. Easy game. Yeah, easy game. Bayou Brian. Bayou Brian. Bayou Brian. Down in Baton Rouge. Um, no bitterness here for me. This Notre Dame fan, he, like I'm with Coach Powell, one of the top coaches in the country, no doubt. Um, but LSU is pretty bad. Um, they lost a lot of players. I assume they got a lot in the portal, maybe went the JUCO route. I'm not sure. Um, didn't follow that. FSU, I do like their quarterback. He's athletic. Um, he got a transfer from West Virginia, Winston Wright. He got well, in a car accident. I didn't read that. Okay, He's so Winston a car Wright. accident. He's not. He back played, he, he play, he's not playing. Okay, so he played Memorial Day in Savannah, played the, played the Sharks a few years ago. Um, is that FSU, but won't be playing quite yet. Um, but he's close to returning. I, I'm just going to take LSU just because they're at home. 
both teams aren't great. I'm going to take Bayou Bryan and the and the Go Tigers, um, LSU to cover. All right, next, Georgia State and South Carolina. South Carolina, a whopping 12-and-a-half-point favorite against a non-Division 1A team. Um, Coach Whitmore, what do you like? Oh, baby, I've had students coming up to me talking about the new lights at Williams-Brice yeah. Stadium. Everyone's and I, had them for five years, Yes, they're supposed to do some – some new thing with yeah. with the sandstorm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Seen that ever. New quarterback, lots of transfers, lots of excitement. Georgia State doesn't care. <laughs> you know, they're used to this setting. They're used to competing in these type of games. Um, I think this thing's tight in the first half, but eventually I do think the offense for the Gamecocks finds its stride. Maybe both lines start to take over a little bit. I got the Gamecocks pulling away late to the tune of 38-20. I'm going to go with Cocky. Yeah, um, those same kids that they are interested in getting a ticket. We've already discussed that and go to Costco and pick up, a, you know, a, two or three of them for $99 and some popcorn and all that. Uh, South Carolina, if they do not win this game, all the hoopla and all that stuff is oh. literally for not. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Georgia State, obviously, you know, they got, they're going to be excited. Their head coach was a former offensive line coach at South Carolina. Um, actually, was their interim coach when they lost to the Citadel coach. Uh, Sean Elliott is a phenomenal coach. He has the people excited um, at, at at Georgia State. He's done a phenomenal job with them with turning their program around from the start to where they are now. They usually play games like this close. Last year, I want to say they may have beaten Tennessee at Tennessee. Maybe in the year last year before last. It was very recent. I do yeah. know that for yeah. a fact. They've been the solid. solid they, um, but their offensive coordinator was Coach Stepp. Um, he left and he went gone. to Louisville. So they – They've literally went through two offensive coordinators in the last like six months. As the original coordinator is the uh, OC of Virginia Tech. South Carolina is excited. South Carolina has some veteran players. (laughs) Reluctantly, I'm gonna have to go with the Gamecocks to cover here. Hold on, let's let's rewind. South Carolina lost the Citadel. Is that real life? That was a couple years ago, coach. Only a couple years ago. That that, that has to be within five years. I don't know. Holy, that is. Awful. And I, I, I guess I, I mean, told you how much I pay attention to the It was within five years. I'm willing to That's embarrassing. Maybe El Cid, our uh, friend up in Columbia, can call in on that on that one. That's a doozy. Anyway, I, I do like South Carolina 12 and a half. If you can't beat Georgia State by more than two touchdowns, you have, you're in a world of hurt come the SEC time. Um, so I'm going to take South Carolina minus 12 and a half. All right. The podcast Darlings, Coastal Carolina plays Army. Contrasting styles, although running a little bit differently, a lot of triple option, but they get there differently. Army coming down in Conway, South Carolina. Carolina is only favored by two and a half. Is it my, are they favored two and a half or yep. Army? Yes, yeah, minus are. two and a half. Okay, Coastal Carolina. Coach Powell, your first. Who you like? Uh, this, is a, this is a tough one, okay? Most of the time when you open up with the first game with a triple option team, the, the this is the best time to open up with them. You've had all summer to prepare. Or actually, some of our coaching staff was down there um, in the spring watching um, and they were actually working on the triple option just so when they were there defensively, Coastal was. Def- what people don't know is Coastal graduated an absolute ton of, of fifth and sixth year guys. Um, I think they're one of the most depleted teams in the country in terms of returning production. However, Coastal has what you could argue is a top five quarterback in the country. He is really good, Grayson McCall. Um, he's the leader of their offense, but you know, they, the Isaiah Likely kid that plays for the Ravens, who one of the best tight ends in the preseason. Um, graduated from there. I think they're lacking some talent. Um, they're lacking those uh, mullet linebackers, I think, who led the country and they're really, really excited about. Um, both teams run a version of the triple off, uh, triple option offense. Um, I like Army's defense, um, that 3-4. 
Uh, I really like what they do defensively. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, but I think Army is going to be prepared. I think Army gets the cover. Yeah, you know, I didn't know the order we were going to pick when I came in here. And all my notes I wrote, I'm sure Powell will have some sort of production percentage number and blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, you hit us with it, buddy. Thank Fifth you. game. Yeah. Now, uh, two teams, though, we like and respect a lot here on this podcast. Uh, but last I checked, this is the United States of America. We've talked about how not just anybody can roll into Myrtle Beach and <clears throat> subdue the ruckus that takes place on a summer Saturday night. But if anyone can do it, it's the United States Army. Go Army. Uncle Be Sam. coastal. I think Coastal Carolina a lot like Cincinnati. Um, obviously, they're not as good as Cincinnati. I get that. But kind of mid-major programs that have been ranked in the top five, the top 15. Can Coastal kind of replenish all those guys they lost? If they can, they're probably here to stay for a long time. Same with Cincinnati. Um, but I'm, I'm taking Army, too. I just think the triple option, all those new faces and linebacker, again, they've had time to prepare. I get that. Um, but I'm going to take Army in the points. All right, the Utes travel south because, heaven forbid, someone from the south travel north. But Utah coming down to Florida, minus three. Coach Whitmore, what do you like? Ooh, yeah, a lot of noise about the Utes this year, a little outside playoff contender. Uh, Utah is a very good team. They're more physical than your typical Pac-12 team. Uh, they return their quarterback. Uh, big loss on defense and linebacker Devin Lloyd. The quarterback was good. He did get hurt against Ohio State, um, and I think that did have something to, to do with Ohio State <laughs> coming back. Uh, you know, but Florida can't possibly be any worse than they were last year. You know, they got the new coach. Um, I'm not as high on that hire as, as some other people, but I think he'll do fine there. I just think it probably takes some time. Uh, conditions may be a factor here. Going to be hot and muggy in the swamp. Um, I think Utah's just too good and will be able to run the football when they want to. A little more established. I got them winning by a touchdown, so I think the Utes get the cover. Uh, good one there. Uh, that, that head coach at the Florida Gators, former Clemson assistant, uh, one of the uh, youngest offensive coordinators um, in Clemson history and probably one of the, in, in major college football. Um, I did see a picture there. Actual staff is large. They have more staff members than they do players, and that is a real thing. That They literally have more people on their staff. He is doing it right. He is going to do it right. They are going to be good. But I think Florida is a little different you know, dynamic than what they, they've had to deal with him in terms of, you know, the type recruits that they have. He's going to start recruiting his type players. Utah is going to smack you in the mouth. Utah is going to run the football right at you. They're going to play stingy defense. I'm not sure Florida is quite ready for that. However, the heat may play a factor as Utah's not used to that. But I think right now in terms of talent and scheme, Utah is better. Utah covers. Cameron Rising, Utah's quarterback, still playing for Utah, right? Yeah. Okay. That's all I need to hear. Utah. Taking them minus three, probably win by 10. Good. All right, NC State minus 11 against East Carolina. Powell, what do you like? Uh, Wolfpack, they're supposed to be in, a national, in the Final Four. This is this is their year. This is their year. This is their year. Um, they're top 13 in the country this year of the year. you think they'd be a little rated a little bit higher than that based off where they think they're going to fall. They return a ton, ton of players. I'm not going to read off the production number since Coach Whitmore has already established it. That's all I talk about. Um, I think East Carolina is very well coached, Okay. Uh, he, that coach was at the Citadel before, and he, he may have been the head coach at the Citadel when they beat South Carolina. I'm not 100% on that, but oh. potentially um, there. I know he was at James Mattis when he won a national championship. I do know that. Um, East Carolina is always well coached. East Carolina's defense has been very, very bad lately. I think this is a high-scoring affair, but I'm going to think NC State, like we talked about other teams, they're supposed to be a contender. They have to win by more than this. Okay. Yeah, I think if you're a playoff can, uh, caliber team, you blow out teams like East Carolina. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing going against the Pirates for me. This week, professional golfer Harold Varner left the PGA Tour to go to live. That was heartbreaking. No doubt it will have an effect, a negative effect on their football team and how they perform. So NC State will win by at least two touchdowns. That was the most useful stat you've ever given us. All right, NC State, I like the front seven. They they, they got to control the game. I'm going to take them to win by 2021. I'm taking Wolfpack. All right, North Carolina versus App State. Somehow this game is even. North Carolina, that is embarrassing. Anyway, Coach Whitmore, what do you like? I mean, come on. How can I possibly pick against App State on today, the 15th anniversary of the game I talked about? Mountaineers, they return former Clemson Tiger and Duke Blue Devil, Chase Bryce, for his 19th year of college quarterbacking. Uh, he lost some receivers, but he's certainly got the experience to help the new guys uh, come around. Gene Chizik's been very disappointing as a D coordinator in UN, for UNC. I think the Mountaineers pull off the minor upset. Let's go. Oh, App State. Good. And what's crazy is actually at App State, um, App State is, is, it has the experience. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are a little bit nervous about UNC after their first game against FAMU. Um, ACC versus App State. Uh, App State. Oh, my Lord. I'm taking North Carolina. Miss Carter, get your team right. All right, moving on. we got six minutes left of this segment, Let's and it is go. the game of the weekend. I'm going to need them all, it baby. It is the game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year. Number five, Notre Dame, traveling to number two, to Columbus, Ohio State. The line is 17. Are we going 17 or 17 and a half? I've heard 17 and a half. 17 and a half for the Buckeyes. Okay. Huge, huge. Okay. It's 17 huge right now. Line. But the question is not, the question is not, is Ohio State going to win? Probably. Are they going to cover? We'll see. But the question is, is Coach Whitmore going to travel a mile and a half down the road, Coach Powell, to the beast of the belly with his friends to watch Ohio State and Notre Dame? Or is he going to stay in the comfort of his home with no his chance. wife and just say, no. let, him, let him pat him on the back and tell him what he wants to hear? Yeah. And he's like, well, what is he going to do? That is really the question. Coach Powell came to the belly of the beast during COVID when Clemson yeah. came into South Bend and left with their tail between their legs. And he, he took it, so he gets a little props. But we'll, we'll see what Coach Whitmore does. Anyway, Coach Powell, I'm going to let you kind of say what you want to say and get out of the way Yeah, I think Coach Whitmore has a lot to say. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> going to tell you the stat when they played this, that, and the other. Ohio State is good. They return a quarterback. We talked about that. I, I think that is so very important. Notre Dame's got a brand-new coach. Um, Ohio State is loaded. 17 is – Again, if we're talking about two top ten teams in the country. Top I just five, don't, baby. Yeah, right. I just yeah. don't understand how it's that line. But Notre Dame is going to play stingy defense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the ball if they have to. They're going to limit Ohio State's opportunities. I'm going to get Notre Dame does not win, but Notre Dame will not get beat by more than 17. Yeah. Well, more. I know, pal, yeah. you're such an academic. Four minutes. You're such an academic. I know that you earlier I said you were a numbers guy. Well, now you're a big history buff. Um, and yeah, someone, you know, yeah. someone's got to carry the show. Uh, so I got some little uh, knowledge bombs I'm going to drop on you here, buddy. This will be the seventh time that these two college football titans have faced each other on the gridiron. That also happens. Awesome. That happens to be the number of Heisman trophies that each school has, which is tied for first. Okay, for the most ever. The first meeting. <clears throat> this is interesting. Now I thought this was cool. 1935. Two minutes. What more? At the time, this game was deemed. The game of the century, okay? Buckeyes, heavy favorites, two touchdown lead at halftime when a young man by the name of William Shakespeare oh, threw the game-winning Bill, touchdown. Is that you, Bill? Is that Bill Shakespeare out there? 
Yeah, threw the game-winning touchdown for the Irish. That's that's real. It's not a joke. Okay. Um, Notre Dame came back to win. It was called the game of the century. Uh, Notre Dame wins again Never in 1936. Uh, 1995, okay, was the next time they played 59 years later. The Irish traveled to Columbus. This was a game that I actually attended with my grandfather. Buckeyes pulled away late. Heisman Trophy winner Eddie George ran for, ran for 207 yards. I still remember it like late in the game. He touched the ball and just, Eddie, Eddie. the whole stadium was rocking. It was pretty cool. Uh, I told you we talked about Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle was on that team uh, that beat Ohio State. Ohio State is actually 4-2 and two against the Irish. Um, that's surprising. I actually came to your house, Coach Macy, and watched a bowl game uh, a couple of years ago, and they met in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, Ohio State did pull away in that one. I think they were supremely talented. Uh, I think that may be the case again this year. I am with Powell, though. I think Notre Dame runs the ball. I think Notre Dame limits possessions. I do think that the Buckeyes will win. I got it by 10 to 14, which I think, especially if we're going to go 17 and a half, that's just too many. I think Notre Dame gets the cover. All right, all, all fair, all, all, all things fair. So the Gold and Silver Alliance is going to be put on hold for yep. a day. Yep. So what is the Gold and Silver Alliance that you ask? Well, people probably don't know a lot about it, but the Gold and Silver Alliance started back in the era of Parsesian, was the great Notre Dame coach, and Woody Hayes was the great Ohio State coach. And that alliance was they recruited a bunch of people through the Midwest. It was either Notre Dame, Ohio State, or Michigan. Well, when era felt that a kid was slipping away from Notre Dame, he would nudge them to Ohio State and Woody Hayes. If Woody felt like he had a kid slipping away between the three, he would nudge that kid to Arab Parsesian and Notre Dame. So thus the gold silver alliance began. So it will be on hold for for the day. So these these are our matchups. This is just this is what I got. OSU rush rushing versus Notre Dame's front seven. Okay. I like Notre Dame advantage Irish. Till the tape. Ohio State passing versus Notre Dame second. Secondary. Probably about anyone's secondary. That is definitely Ohio State's passing. Check for the Buckeyes. Okay. The Notre Dame run game behind possibly three All-Americans, center moving to guard, who is questionable, and the two tackles. One was a freshman All-American last year, and one was a high school All-American two years ago and got hurt in the first game of the year. I like Notre Dame's rushing rushing against Ohio State's rushing defense. Check for the Irish, two to one. Okay, Notre Dame passing versus OSU's vaunted secondary. I'm taking OSU. They got Burke and Brown back, two of the best corners in the country. Special teams, Ohio State, just when you get athletes in space, they got more of them taking the Buckeyes there. Intangibles, they're at home, they're at the shoe. OSU coaching, OSU, I get it. Um, Ryan Day has been around the block, better than Marcus Freeman as we speak. Okay, So OSU has the advantage. But it's 17 and a half. And they're probably, I think Notre Dame's going to cover. But not only do I think Notre Dame's going to cover, I think Notre Dame's going to Jimmy Chitwood those fools in Columbus on Saturday. And if you don't know who Jimmy Chitwood is, look it up and get back with me. And that's it for today. I'm done. I'm out. We don't have a high school football game today. we got seven seconds left, but go Sharks.